you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Chatting once again with Phil Putney. He and I are in our bunkers uh, locked down from in sequester doing our conversation pieces. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. So as we keep saying on these shows, you know, retirement's still going to you know, come to us and, and happen and all those things. So there's still things to think about and plan on and do and all that good kind of stuff. So we've got a financial crossword puzzle to do, if you will, here on the podcast. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This could be interesting. So if you've ever done one of these, obviously, you know, a wrong answer can certainly mess you up the rest of the way. You might think you've got, you know, the right answer for 17 across and you just can't figure out how to make 13 down now work, you know, because the letters don't match or whatever the case is. So um, what you do, Phil, is a lot like a puzzle in a lot of ways. It is. It's a huge puzzle. There's these all these intermixed pieces that as you change one, it changes another. And right. Uh, yeah. Crossword puzzle is a, a good analogy to it because you get the wrong answer in one place and it can steer you in the wrong direction completely. Yeah. Did you and like you don't puzzle? realize it until you're too far down the road? <laughs> right. So. Right. Were, were you a puzzle kind of guy growing up like a kid? Did you enjoy puzzles or anything? Yeah, some. We yeah. did a lot more outdoor type activities growing gotcha. up. I was I grew up up north, northern Michigan. Right. So right. We had horses. So we did a lot of outdoor activities. But yeah. Wintertime okay. was puzzles and games. Okay. All right. All right. I was, you know, it's always curious to see like, you know, if there's sometimes people have a, a indicators that kind of say this is the type of thing they might get into, you know, later in life because they really enjoyed, you know, math or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Uh, Sudoku was more mine. I didn't, okay. uh, which, which is more recent. I mean, crossword puzzles, I never got into that much. Gotcha. But. Gotcha. Or, or puzzle puzzles. Like, Puzzle, yeah, we did puzzles. Yeah, yeah. the actual piece, puzzle pieces. Dump yeah. the 5,000 yeah. things out on the, yep. on the table yep. and go. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into this a little bit. And retirement planning, one wrong answer, like I said, you know, can mess us up as well as it can for a puzzle. So let's talk about some common areas that you might think you have the right answer, but you do not. So determining how much income we need in retirement. So whether you're thinking about a puzzle puzzle or a crossword puzzle, that initial, that's kind of like the key thing. If you don't have the income number right, you Absolutely. are all messed up down the line. Yeah. And that's a discussion we have with clients all the time where, you know, that, that is the key. I mean, if you give me the wrong number there and I mean, it's never going to be a hundred percent right, but I mean, right, it's gotta right. be a pretty good <laughs> but the estimate of what it's going to be. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great example of that. I was just recently meeting with a, um, a client and as we're starting the planning process, one of my first questions that we, we start with is what do you need to spend? What do you, you know, what's your goal, your target as you enter retirement on a monthly basis? And they told me, well, probably about four thousand a month net. I said, okay, so about forty-eight thousand. Let's just say fifty thousand a year net. Right. You know, and, and looking at their income, they were going to be making right around that, a little bit more than that, just from Social Security. Okay. You know, so I'm like, well, are you sure, really, that's the the right number? I mean, that you know, I mean, that's great if it is because you're you're really set. Let's take a look at your tax return, and that's where we always focus when we're trying to figure out, you know, what is that income number? Because the reality is we all underestimate what we spend. Oh yeah. You, know, you, yeah. You, you never think you spend what you do. So we always do an analysis on a tax return where we start with what did you make 
Okay. Here's all the taxes that were paid. You know, take out the Social Security, the Medicare, state, federal taxes. Okay, here's the net spendable income you had. Gotcha. And then it's like, really, where did that go? You know, and I said, like, okay, well, th- this is the reality. This is what you're living on today. And there's only two places it went. You either spent it or you saved it. <laughs> right. And in the savings component, yeah. if it was in the 401k, well, we've already accounted for that because that wasn't in the taxable income piece. Gotcha. You know, so, and that was the case with these guys. So we, when we did that analysis, I mean, they, their net spendable income was almost a hundred thousand. Okay. Wow. So they were underestimating by a half. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. That, that was a huge discussion to start with. It's, are you sure this is the right number? Well, and I, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking with advisors all across the country, you know, people, we generally, and it seems to be a, a kind of an unwritten rule across the board that when we start doing that, you say, okay, well, how much income are you going to need? And we go, well, I need, you know, the car payment and the electric yep. bill. And you kind of go through that, but then you go, okay, well, what about going out? What about um, eating dinner? What about clothes shopping? What about, you know, whatever? And they're like, well, I didn't factor any of that stuff in. That's just extra stuff. What, what, it, but it's extra right. stuff that you still got to spend for. <clears throat> and a lot of times the extra stuff is almost as much as the mandatory it, stuff if exactly. you really start to yeah. figure it out. You say, so. well, I need $5,000 a month. And you go, okay, well, $5,000 a month, we break this down. That winds up being really just your pay your basics, your basics, right. util- utilities and so on, and, you know, rent and mortgage or whatever the case is. And you go, now you're spending another 2500 in frivolous stuff, you know, frivolous stuff. And it's like, right. well, I, wa- I don't want to give that up. And it's like, well, I, I'm not expecting you to give it up, but we do have to plan for it. Right. And unless you want to give it up in retirement. Unless you want to give it up in retirement, yeah. What, what's your version of retirement? And That's true. The reality yeah. is, at least for the clients I've worked with so far, they don't want to live a lesser lifestyle in retirement than really? what they've been Like to. nobody comes to you and says, Phil, <laughs> I want to go backwards in retirement. <laughs> no, I want to sit home and do nothing all day. Kind of like we're doing today. <laughs> Oops, Whoops. We're going to mention that. That's right. You, you're, getting a, uh, you're getting a test run. If that's the retirement you were thinking about, Try it out right now. You you may choose. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. That's a good, that's actually a great point, really. Okay. So crossword puzzle piece number two, if you will, determining the proper amount of risk. Now, I know we can't get away from the big topic that we're on the show and we're going to try not to mention it. I know it's almost impossible, but risk again, would have played a, could have played a huge factor in how you were affected uh, through this unnamed event that we won't mention right this minute. Because you may have had, again, and I think coming off of 19, for this to happen the way that it did, see, I've already broke my own rule. For this to happen the way that it did, everybody was, your risk tolerance was probably getting skewed because things were going so well. And you take more chances or, or whatever the case is. I don't know. Am I off there? Or does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, we the longer we went in this, this crazy bull run that we've been in, people just got more and more comfortable with where we're you get at. more nervy, expect, right? You get more expectations. Yeah. We're oh, it's always going to go back up. I yeah. thought, you know, we're, you know, right. oh, markets have volatility, but look, it's, you know, especially the, the last V type downturn that we went through was down really quick. Like this yeah. started the, the 15% then, in April or, or I mean, yeah, uh, December bounced or right back off, you know? Um, so I think a lot of people were expecting, Oh yeah, it's a big scare from the, you know, the, the event's going on and it's going to come right back, you know, so I don't think that's the reality. We talked a little bit about that in the, the last show, right? you know, so with the, the risk, you, you have to understand that the reality of a, a bull bear market cycle is going to happen, you yeah. know, and usually recoveries aren't that quick, right? You know, it takes multiple years to, to come off from the bottom of a, a bear market like this. So yeah, you have to, to plan for risk in your portfolio to, to make sure number one, it's not going to affect you in retirement, 
where mm -hmm. you have to maybe change your spending, reduce spending, unless you're comfortable with adjusting your spending pattern with what the market's doing. And again, right. I haven't found anyone that's on the downside. I mean, they, they, you know, they're comfortable. Oh yeah. The market's up 10%. So I can take a 10% raise. But right. Right. The market's down 30. Are you willing to cut your, your income by 30%? Well, and, and we're all, we're all okay with risk when it's up, not when it's right, down. Right. Right. Exactly. So, I don't like yeah. the downside of it. So and, yeah. And, so the, the reality of risk is there. It's, it's all about positioning. Um, and, and the proper amounts people. again, as you're aging and as you're moving through it and, and you know, people have probably learned more about that. And maybe one good thing to come from this as well, Phil, is for a lot of retirees and pre-retirees with all this extra time on our hands, they're learning more about maybe risk and allocation and all these things than they ever maybe kind of wanted to prior to that. Right. You know? Yeah. And it, it, it's all about man managing the risk. You, you know, you get into retirement. That's the other challenge is a lot of people think, well, maybe I just need to be all in a very conservative allocation now because I don't have the time to Can't recover. Can't do that and, though. Yeah. Yeah, some of that you can, but to, you got to a percentage, right? Account but, for inflation, you know. So right, it's all about right. positioning risk the right way, so yeah. it doesn't harm you. And as so. we mentioned, inflation is likely going to change after this, you know. And absolutely, you know. So you can't, yeah, you can't do the head in the sand. You can't, you know, can't do the ostrich thing and say, well, I'll just jump completely out of everything and, you know, take all my magical money bunnies and put them in a safe in the closet because it's not going to go anywhere. They're not going to duplicate in the closet. <laughs> right. Right. I can guarantee you, you will be losing value. Maybe yeah. not money the way you see it, but right. value spending power. Every yeah. I mean, day, if, so. if you put a hundred grand in a safe in the wall and you go check it out in 10 years, it's still a hundred grand. It just isn't going to buy what it's it bought. It's not going to buy $100,000 worth of stuff yeah. that it did 10 years ago when you put right. it in. Right. And I think we all know that. But much like calories, we kind of go, you know, we kind of forget a little bit. Yeah. And we go, man, that cheeseburger looks really good. Oh, <laughs> never mind the fact that it has 1,800 calories in it. And you're like, that hey, calorie schmalories, you know, I, I want it. So I'm going to take a walk this afternoon. That's so. right. And, and, and <laughs> I guarantee you, folks, the walk does not knock off 1,800 calories. What kind of, by no. the way, what kind of rules set up is that? Like we need to talk to whoever, who we, we need to figure out who to talk to on that. You have a cheeseburger that takes you 20 minutes or 10 minutes to eat it. And it takes you four hours to get rid of it. <laughs> That's right. The calorie ratio there is something yeah. wrong. <laughs> the, the mathematician in charge of that was not doing his job that day. Uh, all right. Good stuff. So anyway, moving on to the more of the crossword puzzle stuff, life insurance. That's another. So maybe this is like, I don't know, 27 down, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. determining whether or not to have it, which that becomes a big question a lot of times for folks as they get closer to retirement. You think, well, the kids are grown, their school is taken care of, maybe whatever the case is, there's not really any need for me to have life insurance. At least that's how I think the traditional mind goes. And that's very common. You know, people think as I get to retirement, like you're saying, yeah, I don't have maybe the mortgage is paid off. You know, right. I don't have kids to worry about with, with college anymore because they're all through college. Right. All these different factors. That do do I need it? Yeah. Right. Once thought of the, the main reason to have life insurance aren't there. Right. And and it very well could be the case, but you have to run the math to see. Yes. And this is something we we call it a stress test we do on our financial plans with all our clients where we'll run the scenarios of, okay, what happens if one of you passes today? What does that look like? And in every five years throughout the plan, because not a fun discussion to have, but things change when one spouse passes. You all of a sudden go from having uh, two social security benefits, at least down to one. I mean, that's a, at a minimum, you're right. going to see that there could be a loss of some pension income. Another reality that's going to come into play is that you go from married filing joint down to single tax brackets. Okay. You know, so I mean, there's all these different factors that come into play that you have to run the math to see how does that affect us, that surviving spouse, 
and then use that to determine, well, based on that, do I need life insurance? And if so, how much? Yeah. And that, that becomes a big question for a lot of people, you know, do I need it? If so, how much, you know, what's the best? And there's so many financial vehicles that, that can be, you know, beneficial for different things. And, you know, right now in the, in the time that we're going through, you had people and we're not pushing any product. We're just talking information, but on prior to this, you had people were saying, you know, I will never look at an annuity. And the second you had this major downturn, you had people going, I should have done an annuity. You I know? know, that's right. You know, so we can be, we're our own worst enemy sometimes. And we've covered that as well, that you, you've got to not just close yourself off to any financial vehicle, work with an advisor and say, okay, you know, if this is good for me, can you explain to me why or how or whatever the case might be? And that's, I, I have this discussion with clients all the time is that life insurance, annuities, all these different pieces, they're simply financial tools. And you have to understand how they work and then look at your scenario and does it fit? Don't listen to the, the talking heads out there of this is a bad product and you shouldn't have it or you don't need it or understand the pros and cons. And then you make the determination right. of, of whether it fits or not. And as a fiduciary, I mean, that's what we do with our clients. I have that responsibility with life insurance, for instance. I mean, I don't just give an opinion on it. I, I show the financial facts and say, well, here's the reality of what's going to happen if something happens. Because I don't want a, a spouse to come to me and say, and unfortunately we've had this where they have passed, but they've had life insurance in place, you know, that, oh, your spouse has now passed and now you don't have enough assets to make it. Right. Why didn't you, why didn't you talk to me about this? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I want to make sure that's covered. So yeah, covering all those big, those major pieces. And so if you're still going through the crossword puzzle and you're filling things out and you want to make sure you're hitting all these items so that you can complete the puzzle, uh, which would be AKA your, your financial and your income plan, uh, addressing long-term care expenses has got to be on the radar. And maybe this, you know, Maybe that's another way to look at this event too, Phil, is to say maybe this will force people to pay a bit more attention to long-term care expenses because we really were turning a blind eye to it a lot prior to it because no one likes to think yeah. about it. But now well, that we've seen you know, just how fragile we can be, maybe we'll, I don't know, I have no idea, maybe I'm getting too philosophical, but either way, you know, hopefully people will pay attention to long-term care expenses. And I, yeah, I hope you're right through this, that maybe that's one of the side effects, but that is, again, we talked about stress testing a plan. This is the other stress test that we run on a plan to say, okay, what happens if one of you needs long-term care? And, and that's usually yeah. the downfall that people make as they go, well, you know, long-term care, you know, may not affect me. Look, it affects one in, what are the one in three people, but right. it's, it's not just you. And a rising statistic. Yeah. You know, so. And it's not you that winds up being the affected. It's the other person. Yes. And, yeah. and that's our biggest concern in a plan is the surviving spouse, so to speak. It's the first person who need care. What happens when they consume the majority of the assets? Now, does that surviving spouse still have enough to make it through their life expectancy, much less what happens if they then need long-term care? You know, and, and right. it's, again, it's, it's a discussion to have. It, it, you have to at least understand what it looks like and then see, does some kind of a long-term care policy fit within the plan? You know, and, and you don't want to be insurance poor either, where you've right. got all these different coverages, but now you can't afford to live a retirement. Right, you right. Know, so it, it's, a, it's a pro and a con. And that's really what you have to understand is know what it looks like both ways, you know, so you can make an educated decision to say, okay, well, I understand that there's this risk. Right. But to cover it, I'm going to have to cut back my retirement and I'm not comfortable with that. And if that's your decision, that's great. 
at least you know. At least you know, yeah. And I mean, that's half the, you know, quote the old G.I. Joe things, you know, knowing's half the battle. <laughs> but that's that's truly right. that's truly the thing is that if you don't get the information and the data, then how can you make an informed decision? If Correct. you're basing it off of emotion, if you're basing it off of what you think you know or what you heard or what you maybe read this one time on this one page on this one site or whatever, that's not relatable to necessarily you. And with the tools at your fingertips to work with an advisor to get a complimentary, you know, setup going, you know, started, it just behooves people to just find out. It's like, you know, you'd go say, hey, let's go price a new car. We won't do anything, but let's just go price one, you know. Well, okay, great. You're not, you know. At least you know. At least you know. Right, exactly. So let's talk about, uh, we're doing our crossword puzzle. Let's talk about everybody's friend, Mr. Taxes. Um, yes, one of the main certainties you have in life. Right? Yes, uh, and it is going to look. It was going to be altered. I don't. I think you're living under a rock if you truly think that it was not going to change moving forward. Whether it's 2026 or whenever these things sunset that we're currently on, they're going to go up. I mean, I'm going to make this bold right. statement. <laughs> they have to. I mean, who knows yeah, I mean, when? But they have to. Yeah, there, there's. It's simply math, right? I mean, if you if you're add the math up. If the government was your household, you couldn't continue to borrow like they do every single day no. and print the money. Cause no. we can't do that. You know? So I mean, it's, and it, at some point they have to raise taxes. That is their only revenue. So yeah. And taxes, unfortunately, I think are the, the one line that everyone misses in the crossword puzzle, or they kind of avoid and most advisors avoid because they don't understand them and, and aren't licensed to be able to talk knowledgeably about them. Right. But yet it's something that can dramatically change your overall retirement. You have to plan for how does that work? You know, what, is, what do taxes really look like as I enter retirement? Am I truly going to be in a lower tax bracket? Because that was the, the big, and I call it a misconception because it is for the vast majority of the clients we work with, they're not going to be in a lower bracket when they enter retirement. Again, we talked a little bit in the beginning about lifestyle. Right. If you're not going to expect a lower lifestyle, then why would you think your taxes are going to be lower? You know, you're wanting a similar income, spendable income. So, but taxes are one thing you can control. And we do get lulled into that, you know, prior to, you know, I think the, well, let me say prior to, I'll just say the, the working norm is that, well, taxes will be lower for us in retirement. I mean, we've heard that 800 million times and I just do not think that that's, I don't think that's been the case for a while. And I certainly don't think it's going to be the case moving forward. It could be, I suppose, and if you're proactive and plan, I guess you could get that way, but you shouldn't just assume it's going to be lower. Right. And exactly. So it long term for most people isn't going to be lower. It may be at the first stage. Right. I mean, I wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal several years ago now um, about the, I called it the tax tidal wave. And it was a, a case study on a client that I had that that was their, their whole thing is they were going to be in the lower bracket in retirement. And they were the first year of retirement, but they didn't run the math out right. what it looked like at age 70 back then when RMDs required minimum distributions were at 70 and a half and they delayed social security. And all of a sudden they hit this wall of taxes, this tidal wave that just came on and wasn't going to stop. It just got bigger each year. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you might have a, a phase of retirement that's at a very low tax rate, but if you've saved well and things are positioned 
accordingly, you probably aren't going to stay there, unfortunately. But you can change that. Yeah, you, you can change it, right? And that's the thing. You can change it. So our final piece, Phil, I don't want us to get too long again this week. We, ha- we have such a good time and, and so much stuff to cover and talk about that we wind up getting a little long on these. But determining how much we can realistically withdraw from savings, and that's probably going to be affected by the current events as well, how much can we pull out smartly to make sure we get to our goals or through our goals? And there's all sorts of rules of thumb on this. I mean, it used to be the, the 4% rule, and then they had yeah. adjusted it back to, I think, what, 2.8 or something near right. 3. With the low interest rate environment, I mean, we're back down there again. Rates were rising a little bit, but they've dropped them all back again. Right. And again, this is one of those rules of thumb, right? And I have clients ask me all this time, all the time, well, is it, you know, I'm taking less than that. Is that good? Well, again, it comes down to if you're comfortable letting the market and your investments determine what your income is. Right. You've got to run the math and, and determine this is what I need. Position your assets and income the right way to make that then happen. If it's realistic, if it works. And unfortunately, there is no shortcut to just running a lot of math and having a plan in place that says, does it work? If everything happens like I'm, I'm planning, does everything work? And if not, then you have to make some adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all these pieces, you know, again, this has been the financial, you know, crossword puzzle. They all work together like a puzzle. So if you mess up one piece, uh, you can certainly mess up the rest of the puzzle. So working your way through it, uh, working with an advisor, you know, is is key to getting some of these things done. And we didn't get a chance to do the email last week, so I'm going to squeeze it in real fast before we go. Uh, but we got Penelope in Northville who had an email question for you. And she said, Phil, both of us are 63 years old and we haven't ver- uh, saved very much for retirement. In fact, we really haven't saved anything at all, in my opinion. But we're about to sell our farm to a young family and the sale will net us uh, just under a million dollars. We'll need to buy a house to move into, but other than that, what should we do with the remaining money? Well, Penelope, you're, you're not unlike many business owners and owning a farm, you had a business. I mean, the, the business is your your main asset. Um, so congratulations on uh, selling the farm and entering retirement, that's great. Right. But again, it's down to running the plan. You know, yeah, you need a house, but should you? there's a lot of questions on what come up. Should you pay cash or maybe should you get a mortgage and preserve those assets. Um, and unfortunately, there's no rule of thumb. We were talking a lot about rules of thumb in this podcast, but mm-hmm. there's no general rule of thumb that I'd say, yeah, do, you know, buy a house for cash and invest the rest and do this. You've got to run the math out to see how does it work for me? You know now what you have. Now let's determine does that make your retirement work the way you want it with that amount of assets or what kind of adjustments do you need to make to, to make it all work? So, well, and like anything, you know, you want to make sure there's a lot of data Penelope that's not there that would help Phil, you know, talk more specifically about it. So give him a call, let him know, you know, what, you know, how expensive is the house that you're going to buy and you know, yada, yeah, yada. All, all these different factors that play in it. Yeah. It's, tons of things to think about, yep. but we appreciate that you sent it in. appreciate that you're listening to the podcast Definitely get with your advisor. If you don't have one, reach out to Phil. Let him know uh, some more details. Spend some time with him. Get on a virtual chat, a, a Zoom meeting or a go-to meeting or whatever the case might be. And that's uh, that's going to do it for this week on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. As always, folks, before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Phil. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist uh, with almost 30 years of experience in the industry. So reach out to him at 248-888-7530. Before you take action, if you've got some questions, uh, talk with him get on the calendar 248-888-7530 and by the calendar we mean the virtual calendar since we're still all on quarantine so reach out to him and you can go to his website at afswealthmgt.com 
That's AFSWealthMGT.com. Stands for AFS Wealth Management. And you can subscribe to the podcast on the resources page. You'll find that. You can also learn more about Phil and get yourself on his calendar. So reach out to him, 248-888-7530. Phil, my friend, thanks so much for your time. Uh, We went a little long again, but I enjoy talking with you. It's a lot of fun. It is. Look forward to talking again. We'll see you in two weeks when we see what the state of the world is then. So tune in, folks. We'll catch you next time on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Stay home. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.